You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. A reputation can make or break your career. Do the right things and make good choices and you'll go far. People will vouch for you. Doors will open that normally would have been locked. But if you miss deadlines or you prove difficult to work with, your reputation will suffer, and the people who used to stand behind you will get as far away from you as possible. You might think someone who wrote children's books for a living would be a pleasure to work with. Someone who spun fantastical tales of giant peaches and big friendly giants couldn't have been a nightmare to work with, right? Wrong. British author Roald Dahl rose to fame with books that became iconic works of literature and continue to be read by children all over the world. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, and the Witches are all beloved for their colorful storytelling and memorable characters. However, a shadow has followed these tales and their author since their publication. Dahl was often described as being racist, anti-Semitic, and misogynistic in both his personal life and in his stories. And how we approach problematic literature, especially literature written for children, is as complicated as the man who wrote them. Just ask those who were responsible for bringing his words to the world. They often dealt with him across the ocean, and even that wasn't enough sometimes. Dahl had grown up embodying this nickname of the Apple, which he'd earned due to his mother's adoration for him compared to her other children. He attended boarding school from a young age and dabbled in writing, but his imagination proved far more developed than his literary skills at the time. Still, he enjoyed coming up with stories and conjuring new ones based on his experiences at school. Dahl went on to enlist in World War II with the Royal Air Force. After sustaining an injury during a crash, he healed up, flew several more missions, and eventually went home to start his new life as a civilian. He married American actress Patricia Neal in 1953, and together the couple had five children. It was during her fifth pregnancy, though, when Neal suffered three cerebral aneurysms. Her husband took over caring for the family, but he also treated her horribly as she recovered. He implemented a cruel recovery regimen to get her back into acting. When she wanted something, but couldn't remember what it was called, he would refuse to give it to her until she used its correct name. And this went on for 10 months. Several years later, Dahl began an affair with another woman. You see, there was a reason why his wife referred to him as Rald the Rotten. Dahl was also notoriously arrogant about his work and the money he made with it. At a party thrown by playwright Tom Stoppard, Dahl met Kingsley Amos, a novelist who wrote adult fiction. Dahl told him that if he really wanted to earn money with his work, he should start writing children's books instead. 
The two men then had an awkward conversation before Dahl left the party in his private helicopter. Amos despondently wrote about the evening later, saying, I watched the television news that night, but there was no report of a famous children's author being killed in a helicopter crash. Dahl just had that kind of effect on people, but it was how he treated the ones who published his novels that nearly ended his career. Publishing house Alfred A. Knopf had been putting out Dahl's books for many years. In 1980, the editor-in-chief, Robert Gottlieb, received a frantic letter from the author claiming he was running out of his favorite pencil, the American-made Dixon Ticonderoga. He demanded someone competent and ravishing, those were his words, not mine, send him a box of six dozen Ticonderogas. Gottlieb brushed the letter off as a joke and tossed it aside, only to find out a few months later that Dahl had most certainly not been playing around. So Gottlieb's assistant sent him some pencils of a different variety instead, but this only incensed the author further. He wrote back demanding not only the pencils he had asked for, but several other accommodations as well. And if Gottlieb didn't acquiesce, Dahl was prepared to go to another publisher. The editor had had enough. He composed a letter of his own in which he called Dahl uncivil and accused him of bullying. He would no longer tolerate tantrums or rudeness either, and Gottlieb ended his letter by providing Dahl with an ultimatum of his own. Unless you start acting civilly to us, there is no possibility of our agreeing to continue to publish you. The day the letter went out, everyone in the office got up on their desks and cheered. Rawl Dahl had become the villain of his own story, and he'd just been defeated. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. War is frenetic. With bombs going off and guns firing from all directions, it can be hard to tell which way is up. Throw in the unpredictable nature of an opposing force, and it's only a matter of time before a wrong decision turns deadly. Wars aren't new, nor are their effects on those who fight them. Trauma, disorientation, and PTSD have affected soldiers for hundreds, even thousands of years. Back in 1788, for example, soldiers faced one of the most heated battles of the Austro-Turkish War. 
Thousands were left dead or injured, all because they had no idea what was going on. It was the night of September 21st, and roughly 100,000 Austrian forces had entered the Romanian town of Karensebes. They'd been fighting the Ottomans, namely the Turks, and had come to the town in order to maintain control of the nearby Danube River. Turkish forces were close by, and the Austrians wanted to be prepared. To make sure their position was secure, a small cavalry contingent scouted the area for Turks. Everyone else stayed back at the camps to get ready for the next day's fight. The cavalry crossed the nearby Timis River, hoping to surprise the enemy. What they actually found was a different kind of trouble. They came upon a group of Romani travelers who invited the men to stop and take a load off. They offered them schnapps, of which the Austrians were only too happy to partake. After all, they'd had a long day, made longer by their night of patrolling. The cavalrymen drank for much of that night, knowing tomorrow would be a day of bloodshed for both sides. Eventually, though, they were confronted by a unit of Austrian infantry soldiers who gazed upon the scene in both disbelief and jealousy. They demanded the cavalry share the snops with them, but the men were drunk, too drunk to make good decisions so late in the night, and they told them no. And rather than share their drinks, they barricaded themselves using empty barrels. A fight broke out. Fists were thrown, and then someone, somewhere, fired a single shot across the river. The Austrians back at the camps believed the shot to have come from the Ottoman army. They shouted a warning of Turks, Turks, which caused the partying soldiers across the river to panic. To them, it seemed like the Ottoman army had reached their camps, so they ran back to help. But the Austrian forces had one major problem. Not all of them were actually from Austria. Their army was made up of Austrians, Germans, Czechs, Croats, Serbs, and soldiers from other European countries. Nobody spoke the same language, so communication was difficult. This led to quite a few misunderstandings, including a big one on this night. You see, as the cavalrymen and infantrymen retreated back to their camps across the river, a waiting officer shouted HALT in German, meaning stop. Some of the approaching men who did not know German, though, thought he was yelling Allah. A pronouncement like that could only have come from a Turkish soldier. The enemy. After that, an Austrian commander ordered artillery fire on the incoming soldiers, believing them to be the Ottomans. Scared and unsure of what was going on, the drunken cavalrymen and infantrymen began firing back, also under the impression that they were shooting at the Ottomans. In other words, each side thought that the other was the enemy, and a firefight ensued in what came to be known as the Battle of Karensebes. They waged war all night, and by the time the battle was over the following morning, as many as 10,000 Austrian soldiers had either been killed or wounded. A few days later, the Ottoman army actually showed up, and without a proper Austrian army to oppose them, they easily took over Karensebes. Some historians believe the battle to have never taken place, since it wasn't officially recorded until 40 years after the fact. However, it's also possible that no one wrote it down for a reason that just about all of us can sympathize with. Sheer embarrassment. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show 
and you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.